From our 901 Mission Street studios, you are listening to the San Francisco Chronicle. This episode of Total SF is the podcast equivalent of walking to your new neighbor's house and handing them a casserole. Today, we welcome Solejo and Justin Phillips, co-hosts of the new Chronicle podcast, Extra Spicy. Soleil and Justin have been at the center of a really exciting new direction for the Chronicle food section. Soleil has made culture and tradition a foundation of her work, and Justin has written some wonderful essays about food and his roots in Louisiana, while exploring themes of race and diversity even more in his recent datebook columns. Today's Total SF is a wide-ranging interview, how their podcast came together, lots of Guy Fieri talk, and other fun tangents. Extra Spicy drops three episodes this week, and they're excellent. Please subscribe wherever you stream podcasts. I'm Peter Hartlob, and this is Total SF. Thank you very much. Solejo and Justin Phillips, welcome to Total SF. Congratulations on the launch of Extra Spicy hours ago. <laughs> oh, man. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks for bringing us on. We're recording literally hours after the podcast launch into the world. How are you feeling? Um, what are your, your feelings about the birth of your podcast? <laughs> well, you know, it's so different from when I started my first podcast, Racist Sandwich, because at the time, nobody knew who the hell I was and no one was paying attention. It just kind of was a thing that happened. Um, and now it's like there's been so people have been asking me all year, like, where's your podcast? What are you doing? Um, and so, like, you know, I'm a lot more nervous because there's more expectation than before. Yeah. And, you know, I think for the for the Chronicle, we've been trying to figure out how to do a podcast for the food section since like and Peter, you know, this man since like probably 2018, I think. And it's just been. Yeah. So I launched yeah. my podcast and we have this like, um, you know, internal, uh, you know, sort of queue where all the podcasts are. And every time I turn it on, when I look at the podcast, it says Food TK <laughs> since like 2018. Right. <laughs> so. And I was hoping you'd keep that name, although I love Extra Spicy, but anyway, oh, I'm sorry, God. I've interrupted no, you. No, no, that's perfect. We should, yeah. So TK is, a you know, in, in journalism jargon, is just basically like something's going to come to fill that space, like incoming yeah. info, basically. And so we, yeah, TK does a lot of work for us. Oh, it's a, it's, a, it's a ton of work. We got to start incorporating this into like everyday conversation or text messages or something. I'll show up, TK, TK. Um, but yeah, so we had like a, uh, we had something, you know, we wanted to do something. And a long time ago, uh, you know, I had started based off our uh, restaurant insider info blog called Inside Scoop and trying to use stuff from that. And then, you know, you just never really like congealed. It just didn't come together. And then. Uh, we hired Soleil, and Soleil just has this, you know, massive background in podcasts, and she's so damn good at it. And um, yeah, it just it just worked out. I'm 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 honestly glad that we didn't do anything before she got here because it definitely wouldn't have been this. And I'm excited about this. 
I would have laughed well, at it. <laughs> see, see what I'm saying? She would have trolled us. She would have trolled us before she even got here. <laughs> I remember I remember when they hired Soleil listening to her podcast. I had not been listening to Racist Sandwich, but listened to it. And I immediately was like, this is going to be, you know, whatever she does is going to be the best thing we have by leaps and bounds. Um, so uh, that's one more compliment for you, Soleil. <laughs> Um, This Total SF podcast, it's going to be a podcast of bad segues because I want to talk about (laughs) I want to talk about the extra spicy logo and that could get a little passive aggressive because I'm jealous of your logo. (laughs) Um, I want to I want to talk Guy Fieri. We have a lot of um, we're we're all kind of feeling the same way about Guy Fieri. And I used to feel alone at the Chronicle. But uh, I I do want to go back to that. You're, You're starting to talk about it when you met. Did you two hit it off right away? What what was kind of that first meeting like? I don't know. I don't remember. I don't uh, remember. I don't do remember, remember either. No. I don't. No, no, no. Wait, 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 wait. I do remember the first time that you came into the building because uh-huh. um, because I think Kitty walked you around or something. Uh, one of our one of our old editors who's who's now gone um, left the job. I mean, still alive. And, uh, and <laughs> let's, let's be clear. Yeah. Well, I mean, 2020 is a terrible year. I feel like I have to yeah. fill in the gap. So, yeah. um, yeah, I remember the first time that you walked over there, but I don't remember the first time we had a convo, but I remember thinking like, okay, yeah, she's super cool. <laughs> oh, thank you. Yeah. Uh, it, I feel like I felt, I was, I was really excited to work on a, on a food team or on a team generally because like I'm an, I'm new to journalism I've never worked in a newsroom before or ever really worked in an office before um, and you know food journalists of color are so few and far between and I was so thrilled not only because of that but just because like we got along so well and it was just like I knew that the conversations we would be having together in the office would be um, really fulfilling and interesting and always like super fun um, and yeah you've really fulfilled that well, I remember we would have these morning, uh, we'd have morning meetings and stuff. <laughs> and uh, In the old days. In the old days. Yeah, in the old days. And I remember every now and then I would like catch, so something would something would happen. We would discuss some kind of angle and there may be a, dis- a discussion about a story angle that, you know, inside, like we all react to in our own way before you say something. And I would like catch Soleil reacting to something at the at the same time that I was reacting to something. And I'd be like, oh, okay, I think we see a lot of stuff the same way. And also, yeah, uh, yeah. you know, another thing too, not to keep bringing up people who are no longer at the Chronicle, but uh, our former editor, Paolo, um, was a very, uh, when it came to like content for the section, he was very even keel. If something was great, he was like, you know, if he said good job, that was like his outsta- way of being like, that was absolutely outstanding kind of thing. And uh, I remember he was like above nor like beyond normal when it came to how excited he was about Soleil coming, and I was like, "This is like a really really big deal." Like he was Aww. he was yeah he was excited about it. Well, I I describe extra spicy as twenty uh, percent a Solejo column, twenty percent uh, Justin Phillips column. I'm hoping this math works out because I'm a journalist. Ten <laughs> percent interview, and then fifty percent. It reminded me of like the best 
hallway conversations you have at the Chronicle. And there's certain hallways in the Chronicle where, like, you're not near the man. I mean, you're kind of between <laughs> the meeting and someone's office. Kind of back, sort of by the Knob Hill meeting room there is yeah. you're opening that door, heading into food, and you run into someone there. You can have the real conversations. Yeah. I feel like this podcast is, like, 50% of it is kind of those real conversations. And that's my interpretation. I'm wondering what you guys were talking about as far as what you wanted this podcast to be and how much of it is planned and how much of it is you two sitting down and just having good chemistry. I think it's a little bit like, okay, so I'm a huge fan of Mystery Science Theater. Oh, yes. Um, <laughs> it's a little bit of that, too. And really not in a way that we're like ridiculing anything, but more just like the intrusion of the audience, yep. right? Like, like almost... We're, we're taking on almost like a Greek chorus role here and really just running with that. Um, I think that's really fun. And like it is sort of breaking the fourth wall of podcasting, even though there are no walls in podcasts. Right. Um, there's no scenes necessarily. But um, to comment on and like layer that over the interview and not, not keep the interview like particularly like sacred, you know, because it will give us space to like kind of problematize and ask questions and develop. Um, and for me, that's where stories come from, too. Right. Like you get your source and then you really embroider upon that base to make your story. And it also gives us, uh, you know, the mystery science theater thing is 1000% it. And that's why I love the, the format from the very beginning. But even, you know, even with them, they're uh, putting in their own commentary on something that other people are doing. And I think there's just something fun about us being able to hop into what we were doing in that moment and talk about those moments themselves. It adds like a, an, an additional layer of insight. And it also gives us space to be kind of, uh, you know, it's weird. We can be kind of critical of our own <laughs> interviewing techniques. <laughs> and, yes. And if there's something we forget to ask, like it's a safety net for us to be like, I like this part here. Also, I was curious about this, you know, so I think it makes a more well-rounded interview as well because, you know, our backup plan is the commentary, so... Right. And I feel like all of us at the Chronicle are used to being sent copies of the paper with like pen scrawls all over our own columns. <laughs> yeah. You know, from readers who want to comment on or like, you know, shout back. And I think this is kind of similar in a way. It's like we are emulating the, the person yelling at the newspaper or the radio. That is 100 percent it. Well, I, I want to play um, and I didn't warn you about this, but I want to play. Uh, a minute from the show right now, one of my favorite minutes. It's a tangent, and I love <laughs> I love your tangents. Um, this is from the uh, Padma Lakshmi episode where you talk about what you would call your TV show if you had one. People need that. So like, what, would, what would, if you had one of these shows, what would your show be called? Oh, that's a really good question. Well, first of all, I hate TV, and I would never <laughs> do it. But... Um, I would love to do a show about like the snacks you would find at all the ethnic groceries. Okay. And like, I don't know what that would be called though, <laughs> but you know, like I would love to go to like these small grocery stores in the U S and just like eat the delicious snacks that they have and talk about it. That would be nice. I don't know. Kind of like what um they had on food network with like, Unwrapped. Did you see oh, that show? Oh yeah, I know what you're talking but, about. But like, go to the the factory where they make the shrimp chips or the honey butter chips or yeah. you know chat mix. That's so cool. I would have a show called Yeah, I'm supposed to be here. 
And it would be me wearing a hoodie going into really fancy restaurants and just filming the interactions with people. Wow. So it'd be a mix of like punked. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What? And like a daily show segment. Right. Right. I mean, you know, it seems very topical, but I feel like it would it would have some depth to it. Yeah. No, that'd be really funny. I wanted to ask you, and you you touched on this, but I thought initially it's going to be an interview show, and um, you had a really high-profile guest, and she gets a few questions, and she guides it, but it's very much your show. So much when I interview a guest, it's me wrestling with that guest to take over the show, and I really admire the fact that even with such a high profile guest, one of your first guests, it's very much your show. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's really easy to be intimidated, especially when it comes to someone who is high profile or a celebrity or whatever. Um, but yeah, I've done so many of these at this point where it's just very much, they want to be guided just as much as anyone else. You know, they don't want to have a freewheeling, I mean, some people might, but like people like to know that there is an arc that there is something going on. And often, I mean, I don't write down questions. Usually I started, like when I started doing podcasting, I would have like a list of questions and I would just read them. But at this point, I just sort of like feel them out. Um, just kind of see like the kind of tender points or the points at which I can feel that they want to talk more, you know? Um, so it is like a very unconscious kind of push and pull. But in the end, I think people do want to be led a little bit more than than we might think. Yeah. And and as far as like us interjecting ourselves, I uh I always feel like this. If 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 someone wants undiluted uh an undiluted version of you know, whoever the interview guest is, they can either go to a cookbook or go to, you know, a post that they do on social media or go to an interview that um, you know, where they they speak the most. And if they want an undiluted version of us, they can just go to our content. Like we write columns all the yeah. time. We have stories. Like there are those two versions. And I I like the idea of us being able to mesh those points like in these interviews where, you know, the obviously the interview is going to carry the whole segment, but it doesn't hurt for us to kind of blend in and have fun and, you know, kind of be introspective sometimes. And, and I think that's, um, you know, something that we should be doing and thinking about with these digital spaces that keep expanding. Um, I think of like the print and online version, an article, maybe that's something that people expect um, a certain pace, a certain tenor to it. I think of the podcast as you're running into me on the street and mm. this is the conversation that we're going to have. It's an extra thing. It's for people who are more interested. Um, I find like I would have guests when I invited them, I'd always have them come to the Chronicle and come to the archives so we could look at some photos and sort of they could be in my space. So they're not in that um, kind of book tour space that sometimes people get in. Um, but we don't we don't have an office anymore. You're <laughs> extra spicy sounds really good. I'm curious um, how and where you're recording this, how much of it was recorded, if any, before all of, uh, you know, all of our shelter in place went down and I kept listening for clues. I heard Soleil, you mentioned you were in your car at one point, but it still sounded really good. Um, I imagined you were under a tent of some sort for sound. <laughs> How are you making this podcast at this time where I would think it would be really, really hard for two people interviewing guests to make a podcast? Well, I mean, I have experience in this, right? Because like the second 
mm, a few months into Race a Sandwich, I moved to Mexico. And so I was no longer recording in Portland, Oregon in a studio with my co-host and the guests. Um, I was I was doing it entirely over the internet. And so like there was that. Um, I was recording in a closet um, for a long time. And now I'm also recording in a closet as we speak. <laughs> and yes, I recorded in my car. Um, it's a Toyota Corolla. And it is very well insulated. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Although, like, the weird thing is I live on this, like, very uh, steep hill. Um, and so the car is parked perpendicular. Um, <laughs> and so I was sort of, like, leaning 30 degrees over the whole time. And then once it started getting hot and sunny, like, I would be melted out of my car, essentially. Um, it was it was a lot. <laughs> the... Uh... Well, in the beginning of doing, uh, before, you know, Extra Spicy came along, like, when we were still trying to figure out how to do a food section podcast, it was a lot of, and Peter, you remember this, it was a lot of, like, remote recording, and, you know, you can get stuff on your iPhone if the audio's good, and it just ended up being a lot of, you know, doing stuff out in the field, kind of haphazardly. And then uh, we switched, before all the shelter-in-place stuff, we switched to doing recordings in the office. So we got into a rhythm of going like weekly to record being in the same space, like, you know, just kind of vibing out. And now we're back to like basically what, you know, Sully said, recording wherever you can, that's that's quiet. But uh, I definitely took for granted having that podcast space because I miss it. God. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm just impressed because in the food TK days, I would think it would be much easier to make a podcast. And, and Justin, you you like me were sent to go work for the metro section for eight weeks, yeah. and you know we're able to work on this. And uh, so, uh, congratulations! Yeah, yeah, it was Thank a you. lot of uh, I know. a lot of balancing. It's like a monkey's paw thing, right? Where like now we can do the <laughs> podcast, but we don't get the studio. <laughs> right, <laughs> that's yeah. exactly it. We'll be right back after this short break. Did did COVID nineteen change um, the tenor, the topics you're going to cover? I, I very much felt like this was um, a podcast about race and equality and appropriation, and all of that is in there. But there's sort of like this added element that ties into that, but also kind of has to be acknowledged. What was your what was your plan for the tenor, and what did COVID nineteen do to that? Well, I mean the 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 format was was consistent, um, but yeah, we had so many interviews that we'd already done in the year leading up to this that were all of a sudden just like completely useless because you know <laughs> these were people who were opening restaurants and talking about um, dining and all that stuff, and like they just that reality that they spoke to just doesn't exist anymore. Um, so there's a lot of re-recording and a lot of recontextualizing. Um, and certainly the guests that we pulled in for this first uh, batch were fairly recent because we wanted to have something a little bit more timely. And we also ha- had the debate of like, do we release a new thing during a pandemic? And like, yeah. how is that going to be received? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, as far as, you know, and then when it comes to the impact of the, the pandemic on, on our content, Honestly, you know, being hopeful, I think it's going to uh, it's probably going to improve it because Soleil and I have talked about this, too. Um, People want to talk right now. Everyone's going through Mm -hmm. a similar experience. Um, You know, obviously, each business is different, but business owners want to speak about things. Chefs want to speak about things like I I don't know if it's like to commiserate or what, but 
Um, there's kind of like an honesty that's floating around right now in the industry when before we might have had to wade through interviews that um, might have been a little PRE kind of like clipped and, yeah. you know, they know what they're going to say. But now it's just I don't know. I, I the, the environment is is perfect, uh, you know, for a podcast that gives people a platform just to just to sound off. Well, I I, uh, I promised you some bad segues. So um, <laughs> <laughs> we'll we'll go to your uh, we'll go to your logo, which um, standing ovation. First of all, um, let's describe it. It's uh, and this is at the Chronicle. I mean, we're doing okay. We're hiring. It's not you know the tough time for a news organization that maybe it was seven years ago. But I didn't think we had the budget to make. Soleil and Justin uh, salsa <laughs> bottles and then line it up for a photo shoot that was like Vanity Fair. Um, you're on these salsa containers, extra spicy, and then that is each of your hands in there covered in salsa really strategically. I want to know everything about this photo shoot. When did it happen? Where did it happen? Uh, how long did it take to get the salsa off your hands? <laughs> Tell me everything. So like, you want to you take a stab at this first? I'll follow up. Whose sure. idea? Yeah. So we were kind of going over what we wanted to do, right? Because I think the Chronicle podcasts have their own sort of style that they all have with the, yeah. um, with the cover images. And we wanted to do something a little different. Um, and so I was looking at album covers that had to do with food, you know. Um, and I came across this album by a Portland, Oregon R&B band called Pleasure. And the album is called Accept No Substitutes. And it was actually recorded in the Bay Area, in Berkeley, at Fantasy Studios in the 70s. Um, and it's like... The these Fantasy t- Studios, that's like the Saul Zantz, Credence Clearwater Revival recorded there. Uh, I think up to Huey Lewis in the News, classic, classic. Yeah. Journey, top end Green place. Day. Like, yeah. Yes. <laughs> so it was, like, it was cool. It was this very, very... Um, you know, subtle Bay Area reference. And this album cover is a bunch of jars of, I think, jam or like blackberry jam with um, with custom uh, labels that say like pleasure jam. And then there's like these hands that are grabbing the jam and they're like toppling from the stack and it's all like chaotic looking. And so I thought it would be really cool to emulate that, but with salsa. Yeah. And then it went to trying to figure out what, uh, and then it came to like doing the actual logo. If we were going to use our faces, like how would they look, um, doing cartoon versions that we would like, and then trying to figure out what bottles to put them on. Um, and look, <laughs> we went, know. yeah, we Go went ahead. to a, uh, unnamed, grocery store right and uh-huh. bought out their salsa like yep. all of it yep yep <laughs> and you know it's <laughs> it was like i mean it looks great right but let's be real it's not like you know we're still a newspaper so we can't you know get some huge space just to have like a, a ton of production so i feel like the way it turned out is the production value is way higher than what it actually was you know what i mean like we definitely kind of like bootstrapped it together and um but yeah no it was just interesting trying to figure out like well you know what what our cartoon faces would look like what bottles to use um how we would get those on there and uh and then when it came to shooting it was just trying to figure out what would be the most compelling picture because we did a couple of soleil like without salsa on our hands you remember those 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, we did. I mean, there were a lot. There was a lot of like configuration and grabbing, and like our hands really smelled weird by the end of the shoot. You know, I- I'm thinking for days. Yes. Yeah, it was de- yeah. definitely under the nails and stuff. I'm not going to lie to you, though. <laughs> this is the first time I've ever seen, like, a close... Like, after we did that shoot, it was the first time I'd ever seen a close-up of my hands. And I, I can't find anything more repulsant than that. <laughs> no, it looks great. <laughs> oh, man. I am never going to do... So I definitely won't be a hand model when this is all said and done. Yeah. Well, well this, is, this is where I submit you to some Chronicle podcast logo history, because um, the big event was my podcast before it became Total SF, which was named after my old blog, which was a spinoff of my parenting blog. Mm. So, And we're just getting started. Um, <laughs> so I went and shot for my podcast logo. Um, I went to the Grand Lake Theater and got the owner to let me use his lettering and put the big event on the marquee with the T, like the guy on the ladders putting up the T, and it just looked gorgeous. And then I heard from the Chronicle, yeah, we're, we're all going to do them kind of uniform. And mine was kind of, it, it had a little bit of a Microsoft Paint vibe. I don't want to insult <laughs> anybody, but there was an explosion. I wonder if they thought my podcast was about astronomy. I don't know, <laughs> but I had this logo for a long, long time. And then they added this total SF uh, fantastic Sutro Tower one now. So it sounds like I'm not over it, but I'm over it. Um, (laughs) And not at all completely jealous of your awesome logo. Uh, Oh, man. So is it just me or did it seem like it was always like on one track with this? Like we didn't have to veer too far off course from something. Oh, wait, wait, wait. I'm tripping. We did have one with like... uh, of like ranch dressing or something. You remember that? No, I choose not to remember. <laughs> There's a lot of like weird things, right, that come with with one of the hosts being a food critic. Um, is you know, I don't, I'm not anonymous by any means, but like I try not to put new photos of myself out there too much. Um, and so we were trying to figure out how do we get ourselves in this logo, just so people know it's us. There's also a really interesting sub thread of commentary when it comes to food media about like videos like cooking videos and like the kinds of hands that you see in those videos you know and like they're often white hands or like really light-skinned hands um and i thought okay how do we kind of have a little bit of fun with that idea with ourselves and our own like you know physical features um for this cover you know it's, it's, it's a lot of stuff that i was trying to think about yeah, well, it's it's fantastic, and um, I sorry I'm talking about it so much. I'm like I'm like Trump with the ramp with the logo, you know. <laughs> uh, uh, I do want to cover Guy Fieri and just get your thoughts on Guy Fieri. Um, first of all, I, I absolutely loved your tweet, Soleil, uh, when the Christopher Columbus statue came down, and I think Heather Knight threw out, you know, who should be in this. Um, in this statue's place now. And I, I, I don't want to misquote you, but I believe it was the non-problematic Bay Area Italian-American Guy Fieri. Well, bef- before, before w- we do that, we should also point out that uh, in Columbus, Ohio now, there's a petition going around to change the name um, of the city to Flavortown, by the <laughs> way. So I feel like I should just float that out there for context, people. That's awesome. I mean, if we ever get him on the show, my God, that would be really fun. Oh, that would be amazing. 
Um, yeah, so, so like when I tweeted that out, um, I, I immediately got a response from like, oh, a typical smug and snarky journalist, you know? And I was like, no, I mean, I was on it. Like, no, 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 no. I really, really do believe that that would be really, really sick. Right. <laughs> like in the, in the best way. Um, genuinely, I think because for me, as someone who is immensely pessimistic and negative and just generally like really awful um guy fieri represents this beacon of just like positivity in food media where like i never have any complaints about him i think he is just like doing his thing he has found his lane importantly and he sticks to that lane and he is such a people booster he's done so much good for the places he's been to on his show um and of course, like he does so many great charitable things, you know, up in Napa, um, especially in response to the wildfires that devastate the economy up there all the time. Um, I think he's great. I think that's the and that's where the transition came, I think, for a lot of people, because it's really easy to make fun of uh, somebody like Guy Fieri, like just this cartoon character of a person. If you base it off like the shows that they do, but also, you know, it's the brand that he built. But then, um, you know, when tragedy strikes out here, like Soleil mentioned, like the wildfires, Guy Fieri kicked butt. Like he honestly got really active finding ways to feed uh, wildfire victims, to feed first responders like this. He's a dude who loves where he's from and uh, the people around him. And I, I. You know, even beyond that, I remember watching this episode of uh, of Hard Knocks, which is this um, you know foot show on a this show football show on HBO, and um, I know, yeah, and they had the Oakland Raiders on there, and Guy Fieri was at a practice, and like some of the players who were probably you know half his age uh, knew who he was, like they were coming up like speaking to him and stuff. Like Guy Fieri's just a guy, like a guy that people like, and. Um, you know, I, I just love the fact that uh, that people are starting to pay attention to his like philanthropic efforts, and you know, it's 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 very easy to find problems with a lot of figures in food these days, as if you're on social media, media as you can tell. But um, but Guy Fieri is one of the seems like one of the good ones, man. Gotta gotta enjoy those people. I, I had the pleasure to interview him when he was a finalist on that show, so he wasn't really famous yet, and he was exactly like he is now back then, oh, and man. people who know him in Santa Rosa say he was that way when he was doing like radio spots for the local radio show, so I feel like, you know, he's always been that way. I remember the quote he gave me before he was famous was that he got excited about being a cook when he saw a burger flipper at McDonald's, which I think is like oh, the most wow. punk rock thing you can do if you're a chef to admit that. Yeah. And then people brought him down for being himself, which I think there's a problem with that. I, I will give you some advice because I wrote a, a you know, article, Defense of Flavortown, and just a little bit of it was like, you know, Guy Fieri bait, figuring he'd write me back and be super happy about it and... Um, and come on my podcast. Um, and then I heard him on the local radio show just a few days later and they brought it up. And um, I think he like, I think he like doesn't almost like acknowledge that there's a problem with him that you can argue against. Mm. So I think I made a mistake by complimenting him. I think the best way to lure Guy Fieri on is to just, when there's nothing he's promoting, when nothing's going on, just ask him. And I've heard that he doesn't like promoting 
things in the Bay Area because he doesn't want to, they're like his neighbors and he doesn't want to sell stuff to his neighbors. Mm-hmm. So I think just like a random reach out right now is the way to get Fieri. But, and I'm rooting for you. <laughs> I, w- I want to incorporate a Guy Fieri uh, sign-off onto every episode until he comes on. It could be, you know, thanks for listening to Extra Spicy. Guy Fieri, call us. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna <laughs> randomly drop his name from now on. Man, you're gonna sound desperate if you do that. Hey, I'm, I'm thirsty. I'm not gonna lie. People can smell that. I off am, of anybody. <laughs> I will be thirsty about it. I am fine with that. <laughs> uh, well, good luck on that, um, on that challenge. And uh, uh, I just wanted to say, like, I think it's so hard to for me to go off on a tangent and then feel like I have to rein myself in. You guys are going off on tangents to your tangents, <laughs> and there's almost like this trust between you two that you're going to come back to the right place, and you always do. You always, you know get back there and I think you're so good together I can't believe you're three shows in and I hope you're just really stoked about the experience and, and happy about the launch it's just a it's just a great great show I'm excited for you guys oh, oh thank thanks, you thanks man that means a lot thank you for coming on Total SF I'll be listening to Extra Spicy and I hope to see you back at the Chronicle soon but not too soon <laughs> sounds good <laughs> alright thank you You are listening to the San Francisco Chronicle. Thank you to Justin Phillips and Solejo. Total SF is a production of the Chronicle. Our music is The Tide Will Rise by the Sunset Shipwrecks off their album Community and Cable Car Bell Ringing by eight-time champion Byron Cobb. Support Total SF in the newsroom that creates it by treating yourself to a digital Chronicle edition at sfchronicle.com slash pod. 